This morning, you guys have to participate, all right? You good? So today on stage is my newfound friend, and uh, it is a traffic light. I don't know if you realize how big these monsters are when they're not hanging from the road. Um, I did not realize that until we rolled this thing in here yesterday. Uh, This is a red light that actually has some specific meaning to it. Um, If you're sitting over here, you can't see this bottom light. It has a green turn light, which what that means, if you haven't taken driver's ed yet, that means when that light is green and it's turning, you can turn left, okay? Um, You don't have to wait, all right? Then it goes to yield, then it goes to red. In this case, sometimes this one goes double red, all right? We're not going to illustrate that for you. But when you pull up to a traffic light, uh, somewhere around you is one of these. If you'll grab one this morning, uh, there is a green light, which means to do what? A red light, which means what? A yellow light means what? Some of you were honest. Some of you said, go faster. For many of you, for many of us, me, at times, Caution, especially if it just turned yellow, right? You're like, oh, just turn yellow, go, right? We don't slow down, we take off. But in reality, if you look it up in your driver's ed manual, it means to proceed with caution. Take a look around, what's going on around you, should you proceed? I know that's contrary to what we act on, um, but that's actually what this yellow light down here means for you this morning. So I want to ask you this morning work to, uh, to participate with me. I want you to raise up your answer to some of these questions, okay? The only way you're going to be able to answer yellow is you've covered up green and red, all right? R- other ones, you, you, you got it, all right? You guys are smart people. Somebody, <clears throat> you're going to react. Green, a green behavior, go. A yellow behavior, caution, a red light. Don't do it, okay? And I'll give you the options before you jump in. Someone pulls out in front of you. At this moment, you decide to blow your horn, yell inside your car at the driver of the other car. Is this green behavior? You should keep doing that. Yellow, you should proceed with caution. Red, you should stop doing it. Which one is it? You guys, raise them up. Wow, you guys are really red, yellow, and green right here. I mean, y'all are really, let me see, let me see. So many of you are answering not the way that you would behave. So many reds in the room, all right? All right, let's go with the next one. You go to your favorite fast food chicken restaurant. You find a random receipt on a table, and at the bottom of the receipt, it says, take this home, fill this out, get a free sandwich. It is not your receipt. Do you green, all right, green light behavior. You, you take that up front and turn it in. Yellow, you you think about it and figure out a way to justify it, and red, you do nothing with it at all. You you throw it up, crumble it up. All right, yellow, you take it up front, ask, can I take this home, and maybe they'll let you, all right? you justifying it, yellow, okay? Red, you say, no way, I'm going to throw this away. Green, you just, all right, which one are you going to do? Which one are you going to do? Green, yellows, reds, wow. Adam North over here, he's like this. Like, that does nothing, okay? All right, last one. Here you go. You find 20 bucks on the ground outside your favorite grocery store. Green light, you keep it. All right, I know that sounds contrary, but I'm just trying to go with what you normally would, we, how we think. Green light, you keep it. Yellow light, you take it inside and ask if anyone reported it missing, hoping nobody's asked so you can keep it. That's kind of the caution. And red, you return the money and you don't steal it. All right, green, yellow, red. All right, green, yellow, red. All right. We've got a bunch of reds, all right, a bunch of greens. All right, 
this morning, here's what I want us to see. Over the past two weeks, over the past two weeks, we have examined the resurrection of Jesus Christ. We looked at it on Easter, and we said, man, the resurrection of Jesus Christ takes doubters and turns them into world-changing witnesses. And then last week, we looked specifically at a guy by the name of Peter. And Peter's life was so drastically changed that not only were his doubts answered, not only were his failures renewed and restored, but he was launched into action. He was launched into being, being what? The voice of the early church. But I want you to see this morning that while the power of the resurrection transforms those early disciples into life-changing and world-changing witnesses, I want us to see how the power of the resurrection and the power of God's word transfers from mere word into action. So today, you're going to participate, but today you're also going to be able to, I pray when you leave this place, be able to sit down with God's word and be honest with where you are in your faith and say, is the power of the resurrection changing the way that I behave? Now, I want to be clear. Doing does not bring salvation. We are not saved because we do the right things. As we are saved and as we commit our lives to Jesus Christ, we are given a desire and a power through the resurrection of Jesus Christ to do the right things. Make sure we don't get that flipped, that we're trying to earn our way into it. Instead, we're responding out of. So I want us to look at the book of James this morning. Um, This is a passage that just kept jumping out at me the last three weeks. And so I just decided finally um, for us to walk through this together. James is an interesting book of the Bible. One, it's a book of the Bible that there are several people in this church that when I start preaching the book of James, they run because they said, man, everything gets crazy. Because here's why. It's practical. If you're looking into and investigating the Christian faith, I would challenge you to take a look at the book of James. Written by the brother of Jesus, he is giving daily instructions of how to address some of the most common struggles that you and I have. And so I want us to see how do these principles of faith function in the real world? How does this impact us on a daily basis? Now I'll tell you what I'm going to do. You guys up here on the front row, a little bit of a favor. I'm going to turn this because you guys are glowing, all right? Uh, you're gonna, it's going to get hot. Um, some of you are clapping. Yeah. Now I get to feel the heat of this thing up here beside me. I want us to, to look at James chapter 1, verse 19. We're going to go through verse 27 this morning. Listen to how James speaks. And, and I'm going to add some things in here that you're going to kind of understand as we walk through this. Verse 19. Know this, my beloved brothers. Let every person be quick to hear. Green light. Slow to speak. Yellow light. Slow to anger. Yellow light. For the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. Therefore put away all filthiness. Red light. And rampant wickedness. Red light. Receive with meekness the implanted word. Green light. Which is able to save your souls. But be doers of the word. Green light. 
And not only hearers, only deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man who looks intently at his natural face in a mirror. For he looks at himself and goes away and at once forgets what he was like. For the one who looks into the perfect law, the law of liberty, and perseveres, being no hearer but forgets but a doer who acts, he will be blessed in his doing. If anyone thinks... He is a religious. He is religious and does not bridle his tongue, red light, but deceives his heart. This person's religion is worthless. Religion is that is pure and undefiled before God. The Father is this to visit orphans, green light, and widows in their affliction, green light, to keep oneself unstained from the world, green light. What I want us to see today, that Christ-centered faith is an active faith. It leads us to examining our actions. It doesn't leave them out. It doesn't distance themselves. It's not afraid of them. And what baffled me as I was working through this passage on my own was the beginning of verse 19. He says, Know this, my beloved brothers. Let every person be quick to hear, slow to speak, and slow to anger. This has been my verse of 2019. I don't usually like claim a verse for the year, but this is a verse that has come at me in so many different ways and so many different times and so many different places. I just said, okay, Lord, we're just, we're just going to make this the verse of the year. Talk less, listen more. Talk less, listen to those who are hurting. Before you talk, Give less opinion and examine Scripture more. Calm down. Slow down. Green light, yellow light, red light living. There's one word for it. It's called obedience. It's called obedience. It's called taking the Word of God and allowing it to pour itself over our lives. Now, I'm not going to dig into anger this morning because... There's other verses and things to walk through. But I find it extremely interesting that of all the behaviors that James could have addressed from the get-go, he says, do what? Quick to listen, swift to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. If those three things don't grab every single one of us today, probably, then we may not be being honest. Scripture says, Proverbs 17, verse 27, whoever restrains his words has knowledge, and he who has a cool spirit is a man of understanding. Don't you love that? And he who has a cool spirit is a man of understanding. You probably know somebody who you would describe that way, that you would say, man, nothing seems to rile them. They're just right here. They're just steady in their faith and steady in their relationship to the Lord. They're never way up here. They're never way down here. They're just constant. And then he goes on to say, Therefore put away all filthiness and rampant wickedness and receive the implanted word which is able to save your souls. So let's talk about giving the word of God a green light. What does it mean to give the word of God a green light to examine ourselves by and with? 
He starts off by saying in verse 21, he says, Put away all filthiness and rampant wickedness and receive the, with meekness the implanted word. This word implanted means engrafted. It means to be rooted in our hearts, to be sewn together with our hearts. This is not something that can be easily pulled apart of. James says, listen, if you want to address these behaviors, if you want to address wickedness, if you want to address filthiness, then humbly, with meekness, allow God's word to implant itself inside of you. For it to wrap itself around the roots of your heart and your actions the word begins to create something new in us, begins to shape us, begins to push things out, bring things in. It is the implanted word. But it's also an implanted word that it says for us to come to these words with what? With meekness. We've got to come to God's word with a proper attitude, one of meekness. We should be students of the word, trusting that God's word is here for us, not just for informational purposes, not for us to pick it up and go, oh, wow, this is great. I I can parse this verb and I can break this all down. But for the word of God with meekness, without selfish motives to implant itself in our hearts. As you dig into scripture, if you haven't already, you know that there's several other passive scriptures that clearly lay out for us things that are red light, green light, and yellow light behaviors, actions, thoughts, desires. Paul addresses them in numerous places. Jesus addresses them. Here we have James addressing them numerous times. And specifically, as we walk through Scripture, we see words of wisdom and understanding saying, let me guide you, let me give you words to live by. Now, verse 19, uh, there again, he says, be quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to anger. Think about applying that verse alone. If you come in this room this morning and you're not a follower of Jesus, can I just ask you to investigate this verse with me alone? If you and I are to address all of our relationships with this verse alone, like if we just want to start here, quick to listen allows me to serve others better, does it not? It allows me to care for other people better because I'm listening. I'm taking in what's going on around me. Slow to speak. Slow to speak. How many times have we harmed relationships in our lives? How many times have we built up walls in our lives by, by being too quick to speak? Slow to anger allows relationships to flow freely without barricades and communication and relationships. If I begin to live my life according to Scripture and you and I begin to live our lives according to Scripture, and we begin to say, is this a red light? Is this a red light behavior in my life? Is this a yellow light behavior in my life? Is this a green behavior that I got permission to give all the kindness and compassion and peace that I could possibly dole out? it will begin to change our communities. It will begin to change relationships. Why? Because people will see that the heart has been addressed. Yet many times 
we come to verses like the book of James and we treat it kind of like we do yellow lights in real life. A couple of you are honest enough to say yellow light means speed up, go faster. There are moments in Scripture where we're given these warnings, where we're given these guidelines, where we're given this wisdom to say, hey, maybe you should take caution right here. Read the Proverbs. There's some red light, green light moments, but there's a lot of yellows going, hey, take caution. Look at your surroundings. Look at the environment. Look at the people. Look at the scenario. And then make a decision that leads you towards godliness. But in order for us to produce these things in our life, God's word to produce these things in our lives, then we have to act on it. We have to act on it. James chapter 1, verse 22, if the word of God is not acted on, we have not been quick to listen. But be doers of the word, and not only hearers, deceiving yourself. Would you read that with me? But be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. The challenge of preaching the book of James is this. I just got to tell you, the, the, the challenge of preaching James is you don't need me. You really don't need me to preach the book of James. You take the book of James and you go, okay, slow down with my mouth, turn on my ears, calm down. Okay? Okay? Allow God's word for me to act upon it. But this verse, this this whole morning is to get you thinking, now that we've celebrated the resurrection of Jesus and now we've seen the commissioning of Peter and the disciples to go and that same uh, launching has been cast upon us, how do we do this in our daily lives? We do this by acting on the word of God, not by only listening to the word of God. Let's say you go and, to your doctor's office tomorrow morning and your side is killing you, all right? And you go, man, I got a fever. I can't stop throwing up. I mean, I am in pain. They, they send you over to the hospital. Uh, they do a, a scan, a blood test, whatever else they, they do. All right, I don't, I don't understand the right terminology, but they send you over and the doctor comes back and the surgeon says, hey, your appendix needs to come out. And you go, nah, I think I'm going to go on home. No, I... You got two options. Stay and let them take it out before it ruptures and the infection spreads throughout your body and kills you. Or I think I'm going to go home and take my chances. One of those is an obedient action built upon wisdom, the other is ignorance and self deception. Let me just be very blunt with you this morning. Your neighbor is not impressed that you're here listening to a sermon. Your neighbor is not impressed that you are sitting in church this morning while they're figuring out where they're going to go out to lunch. And they're not impressed that somebody's telling you, hey, slow down in your speech, be quick to listen, slow to become angry. I mean, they could go to driver's ed and get red light, green light, red light. They don't need to come here. But the reality is that you and I are missing opportunities to impact a dark world because we are not doers of the word. They don't care that you're here. 
they're not impressed. Matter of fact, they probably think you're slightly crazy for spending your Sunday morning going somewhere when you could stay at home. A non-believer, someone living in darkness is not going, oh man, they went and heard a heart-touching sermon and they even laughed a little bit. They're better than me. They don't think that. Why? Because statistically, the church, the followers of Jesus are making the same decisions, if not in greater magnitude than a broken world. We're making the same simple decisions. We're walking down the same paths, falling into the same traps that the majority of the world is. And then we're saying, I don't understand why people don't want to come to church with me. I'm, I'm talking about me, not you. All right, me, not you. If it impacts you, it's fine. Because if we do nothing, what does James says? We deceive ourselves. It's awesome that you guys are here. I'm so thankful that you come every Sunday and spend hour, hour and a half. Some of you stay and serve. Some of you stay for groups. Some of you come back another time during the week for groups. And I'm greatly honored that you do that. But if we do not take action, we're just deceiving ourselves on Sunday morning. We're looking at red light, green light, yellow light behaviors, and we're just going, yeah, I know that's in the word, but stick with me. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man who looks intently at his natural face in the mirror. For he looks at himself and goes away and at once forgets what he was like. Mirrors don't lie, do they? But the one who looks into the perfect law, the law of liberty, and perseveres, being no hearer who forgets, but a doer who acts, he will be blessed in his doing. But the one who looks into the perfect law, the law of liberty. Now look implies what? Look implies stooping down to something, getting down onto the level of that thing, looking at it, evaluating it, examining it. You're, you're walking by, you're out in the parking lot this afternoon, you drop by and you see something and you go, man, I'm not, I think that's a $20 bill. It could be one of those clever things that has scripture in it too. But um, some of you know what I'm talking about. And, uh, and, and, and I think it's a 20. I'm going to get real close and I'm going to check it out and I'm going to make sure and I'm going to examine it and I'm going to grab it and I'm going to flip it. I'm going to look at it. I'm going to investigate it. Then I'm going to green light, red light, yellow light it. I'm not sure what I'm going to do with it, but I'm going to check this thing out. This word here, the one who looks, James says, into the perfect law. The one who examines God's word, the one who gets into it and says, let me look at this. What does this mean for me? What does this mean for me tomorrow morning at work? What does this mean for me this afternoon with my spouse? What does this mean for me as I'm on my college campus? How does this transfer and act itself out in my daily life? Understand this, please, you've got to get this. We experience freedom when we live a life of faith, of action. We live a life of freedom. If you are distant from the word or you are denying, pursuing, and following the teachings of his word, please know this. The guidance of scripture is to free you. We only look at it as prohibited behaviors. Don't do this, don't do that, don't do this, don't do that. But it is guiding you to bring you into freedom. 
to say, let me show you how you're supposed to experience life. Let me show you how you're supposed to experience marriage. Let me show you how you're supposed to experience relationships. Let me show you how you're supposed to experience daily time with me. Let me show you how. Let me give you freedom. Freedom to examine God's word and say, I have the freedom to make some red light decisions. See the difference? Oh, I got to make some red light decisions. I got to stop saying this. I have the freedom to trust and know that God's word is going to transfer me into something greater. And I have the opportunity to stop doing this. And it will bring freedom. Completely different way to look at a behavior. Listen to what the psalmist says about God's word. The law of the Lord is perfect, reviving the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. The precepts of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. Commanding, the commandment of the Lord is pure. It is enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is clean. It is enduring forever. The rules of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. All those are active responses of the word of God when it's implanted and engrafted, when it's looked into in our lives. And all of those, I mean, who doesn't want your soul revived? Who doesn't want to make wise decisions? Who doesn't want to have a joyful heart? Man, I love that opening song this morning. I could sing that every single Sunday, glorious day. Love it. It just gets me excited. I'm out there in the hallway. I'm greeting you guys. And I'm like, I ran out of that grave. All right, who doesn't want to rejoice? Who doesn't want to have enlightened eyes and be able to see things that are deceiving us? Who doesn't want to know that God's word endures forever? And how many of us don't want to make righteous decisions? That's the freedom of the law of liberty that James is pointing to. He's not saying, hey guys, let me give you a list of rules and your life's going to be miserable. Let me free you up. Let me free you up. Let me free you up to make decisions based on God's word that are going to give you a faith of action that's going to give you freedom. It's going to set you free. For some of us this morning, we need to change that perspective. You're looking at the law as prohibitive and as religion. And James is saying, let me make this freeing and relational. Let me make this relational for you. He goes on and he gives two specific ways. I think it's interesting. Again, the book of James, when he addresses behaviors of believers, are two of the things that we still deal with today. I know, Scripture's not contextually, historically 
impacting us. But same problems then, same problems now. I think it's pretty amazing. He addresses widows and orphans, two groups of people in the church in 80, 40, and 50 that are still present today. He says, if anyone thinks he's religious and does not bridle his tongue, red light, but deceives his heart, this person's religion is worthless. Religion that is pure and undefiled before God the Father is this, to visit orphans and widows in their affliction, green light, and to keep oneself unstained from the world. Doing makes the difference in our making disciples. You see, both of those, caring for widows, caring for orphans, by the way, it's Foster Awareness Month, um, and we have a ton of foster families. I'm not going to ask you to stand up, but you are some of the most amazing people that I know. Um, You go to more more appointments and more doctor's visits and more court cases than anyone should ever have to go to. You are amazing people, and you are doing the Word of God. You are making disciples because you're active. Some of you care for the widows in our church and our community. You are active in this. Doing makes the difference in our making disciples. You cannot make disciples by sitting in your living room saying, Hey, I guess somebody's going to make one. I guess somebody's going to pour into somebody's heart. I guess somebody's going to be a part of somebody's life. I guess somebody's going to do it. No, it is active faith. So if I could ask, if you guys could put James 1.22 back on the screen for me this morning. James 1.22 back on the screen for me. I know some of you have memorized this in a different translation. Um, You can write it down however you want to. Uh, Here's what I want you to do. On the back of your red light, green light, yellow light, I want you to take a minute. Um, and use the pen that's around you and write James 1.22 on the back of your card. I'm going to give you a, a couple seconds to do that. Some of you are grumbling that I'm asking you to do something in church. Do not deceive yourselves, all right? <laughs> do something, all right? So just take a minute, write James 1.22 on that red light, yellow light, green light. If you're not writing, I'll take that as an implication that you haven't memorized. James 1.22. So as we come to the invitation, let me ask you, y'all can just leave it up there and I'll Walk through these. Some of you are still writing. So let's walk through this together. What red light action are you continuing to do in your life that you are deceiving yourself and you are bypassing joy and freedom by continuing to do it? What red light behavior are you continuing to do that you are deceiving yourselves You're bypassing joy and freedom by continuing to do it. You may not want to do this because of those sitting around you, but you may have a behavior that you need to write down in the middle of that red dot and say it needs to stop. It needs to stop. Scripture is all over it. It needs to stop. I'm deceiving myself. I'm missing the joy. I'm missing the freedom. Yellow light. What yellow light action are you ignoring? What area of caution have you continued 
to bypass. You've gone, man, I, I keep feeling the caution there, but I'm, I'm staying in this behavior. I, I keep feeling the caution. I have somebody keep uh, holding me accountable and asking me about it, but I, I, just, I just keep pushing through it. I'm really not looking at caution. I'm really zooming through the red light to get to it, all right? Caution. What area do I need to take more caution in? And here's the fun one. What green light behavior are you bypassing? See, here's what I want you to see. Yeah, there's red lights for, that guide us, that give us freedom through not doing those. But there's also plenty of green lights in Scripture that say, hey, go and do these things. Make this a part of your life. Care for those. Treat those. Grow in faith. Be a part. Give. Be generous. Serve. What green light behavior do you know, do you know, do you know, do you know that you're missing? And this morning, may our invitation be a time for you to act. And this morning, may you look at James 1.22 while we're up here singing and say, I am no longer going to deceive myself with this red light. And I'm, I'm bypassing too many things right now with caution. But I'm also missing out on some things that God's been telling me to do. He's given me the freedom to do them. He's given me the relationships. He's given me the influence to do them. And I'm just not doing them. Be doers of the word and not hearers only. And so deceive yourself. Let's pray this morning.